This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. It's infuriating when this is the president of the United States of America. Our nation depends on this man's acuity, on his ability to, to deal with our rivals and our enemies and our friends. Everybody covers up for his lies and, and they follow suit. They're all singing that same tune. As soon as Biden whistles, they're all right there with it. And it, it's so scary to the future of this country that we need to all be up in us. We need to all be as loud as those truckers. It's about time. They're speaking for all of us. Again, for the cowboys and the factory workers and everybody that's out there, the lumberjacks, we're all being represented, not by Congress right now. We're on the edge of World War III and the government, the priority is to give mandates. They see the reaction, the pushback from the American people, and they still refuse to recognize that maybe being the leader of the American people means listening to the people. Trousers and motorcycle boots And a black leather jacket with his name on the back He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Ride Radio His name is New York Mike And welcome to the show This is Roll Right Radio on New York Mike Hi, I'm New York Mike This is Roll Right Radio And it's a restart That's right I want to start this podcast with this Because the last podcast and I already did this podcast, but I'm attaching this to the beginning. And I'm going to tell you why. Because last night, Katrina and I went out to a movie. Now, my last podcast, I, I was talking about predictions. You know, predictions have been everything from the Bible to Notre Dame to Jules Verne and all these books and everything has changed. And now, now we see predictions and I talked about this in the movie and pop culture all around us. Well, it's always been that way. Even the days of Notre Dame, what he was doing was their pop culture. And again, everything that was written and, and every way these predictions were made, it was the pop culture of the times. Pop culture today, of course, TV, movies, things like that. And I talked about Matt Damon and his CIA character exposing the CIA. Now, again, not all the CIA and all that, but I said, when is Matt Damon going to come out? When, and I, what I meant was the, the Hollywood crowd going to come out with the same thing for the FBI. We've seen the exposure of the FBI from the very beginning. J. Edgar Hoover, for crying out loud, all the craziness about him. There's, there's so much I could go on about the FBI. And we're saying, okay, what happened with Trump in 2016 that's the straw that broke the camel's back on that. People, you, you've got to go. So now we see the exposure of the prosecution that's going on and they're indicting people. It's going to come out and I'm waiting for the movie. The, I'm waiting for pop culture to start indicting the FBI. So I said, you know, maybe it'll come out, maybe down the road. The left still isn't convinced of what's going on with the FBI, that they spied on Trump and all the rest of it. So we go out to the movie last night, and we're seeing this movie Blacklist with Liam Neeson. And 
I have no idea between the picks and the flicks. And we get out there, we go to the Sinanopolis place that's the local here in Vista, and it, boom, that's it. The movie was all about this rogue FBI director and how he ran things. It was really over the top, but, you know, it's indicative of pop culture saying, okay, we're ready. We're ready for the reality of what's coming in the unreality of our pop culture writings and musings and all that. So I just wanted to put that out there. I thought it was pretty cool that I was just talking about this on my last podcast. And then, boom, go to the movies, and there it is. Pop culture doing its thing. You know what's coming next. And, boy, do we need it. Absolutely. Okay. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, I'm New York Mike, and this is Roll Right Radio. So... You know, it's been on and off, a little bit crazy. We're not on the schedule like we usually are on the schedule. And there's so much going on. There's so much news. There's so much to talk about. And again, I want to talk about going to Daytona. I want to talk about rolling to remember. I want to talk about so much, the new motorcycle lineup. But you know, priorities these days. People need to understand priorities. It's so important. So let's just get this out here. I want to know. Why doesn't Biden, why doesn't America, why doesn't Canada end the mandates? Just end all the man mask mandates. We know masks are useless. It's been told now by all these ages, CDC, XYZ, whatever. They've never done what they were going to do. And it's okay, it's taken a lot longer to find out. Oh, my God, science. But, you know, two years later, going into three years, they finally come out with this. Now... We understand the vaccines. It was great. I'm so glad Operation Warp Speed, Trump brought them on, got it done in, you know, record time. And I, and I think the, the vaccines, you know, had a good effect. They made the virus itself less potent. And it's the beginning of the end, or maybe it was just beginning to end anyway. But for whatever reason, we now know that people that get vaxxed still get COVID. It happens, and it happens a lot. And so we've now found out that COVID has almost as much or as much to do or whatever with these underlying conditions. So that it's, like everybody says, the number one is obesity. Did I really say that? Oh, my God. Am I not being sensitive to fat people? It's just the way it is. You have to worry about every word, everything that you say, every little nuanced sentence that might just be something that hurts somebody? Well, what hurts somebody a little more is being obese in this obese country. There are more obese people. There are more people that are just plain old fat and unhealthy. And COVID seemed to have just zeroed in on them. And the other comorbidities, as they call it, some of us just time, time takes its toll. So you got to be careful about those things. But we now see where it doesn't affect people. So come on, enough. Now, you've had enough pushback from the American people. What is it going to take? Here are the Canadian truckers, not truckers. We're talking about a hardy group of people, some tough souls, baby. Men and women who drive trucks across the country for a living all the time. That's not easy work, man. We're talking about hardworking people willing to 
to drive for hours and days and people that are tough and they're saying enough's enough. We value our freedom. Nobody wants to be unhealthy. Nobody wants to get COVID. No one's going out there and just saying, hey, I'm too tough for COVID. And they're not. They just think that they can handle their health issues on their own. They've seen the guidance. They know what's going on. And they're making a decision. Two years plus into COVID, I think that the average adult can make up their own minds. And by the way, they can make up their minds for their kids. So what is it going to take? to get this Trudeau guy and Joe Biden to finally capitulate, which isn't even capitulating. All they have to do is say, it's run its course. We see what's going on. They just say, it's not the government's place. And after careful evaluation and consideration of all the thoughts and concerns of the people, those who were out there protesting and those who were just writing letters and talking, that we are not going to pursue this course of action, these government mandates, which are questionably illegal anyway, and certainly unconstitutional. And here it is. Okay, it's not quite symmetry, but Putin wants to annex Ukraine. He wants an assurance that Ukraine won't be part of NATO. He's describing this standoff as Russia has amassed 130,000 troops on the Ukrainian border ready to attack, knowing there'll be a big price to pay on all sides, price to pay clearly by the Ukraine, by all of Europe, as much as we get into it. And I'm not talking about sending troops. I don't think anybody is. They're sending troops to those NATO allies that we have because, you know, we have that NATO magic potion number five that says if one nation is attacked, we're all attacked. But right now, Russia isn't threatening any NATO alliance countries. They're threatening right at the Ukraine. But we have to be there because they're all right there. So it makes sense. But here's 130,000 troops. And I understand more are coming. I've heard as much as 70% of the Russian army is on the Ukrainian border ready to attack. And again, this is a big price. What's the cost of Russia in logistics and the whole thing? This is not something that is in pricing. And then if he does attack, what's it going to do to Europe? What's it going to do to the NATO alliance? What's it going to do to the price of oil? What's it going to do for energy? What's it going to do for trade? How is it going to affect us here in the United States? We're already overpaying the energy, God knows, and everything else, what's it going to do for the rest of the supply, quote-unquote, supply train? All the things that we get from all other countries around the world, when things aren't being readily made and certainly aren't being readily shipped, which they aren't even now, even as we speak. And it's just going to get worse. So knowing there'll be a price to pay for all sides, Putin is still on the verge of doing this. And at the same time, Canada's truckers have converged on their nation's capital in Ottawa and closing down commerce as well as key bridge access to the United States. The issue here is simple. They don't want masks or vaccine mandates, and they don't want this divisive language that's being used by Trudeau and by Biden calling them names. 
these are patriots. They're Canadian patriots. They're American patriots. They're some of the best that we have to offer. And they're tired of being told that they're disease spreaders because they don't want to take, quote, unquote, take the jab. And pretty soon, my American truckers are gearing up for the same reason. And they're going to go from California to Washington, D.C. So here we have a situation that is devastating right now in Canada. The bridges going across to America are closed. That we can't get the goods, let alone deliver them anyplace by truck, but we can't get them across even to the United States. Car manufacturers, parts, there's so much. So we're in the middle of this, and Biden expects to achieve a diplomatic solution with Putin, avoiding a costly war, but he can't even come to an agreement with the American people to end government mandates, which have been proven useless anyway. We expect Biden to be able to negotiate with this hardcore, tough, ex-KGB leader of Russia. He is one tough dude, man. And Biden can't even negotiate with the Canadian government, Trudeau, and the truckers of both countries who represent, of all the people in this country, you know, the cowboys and the bikers and the factory workers and the lumberjacks and all the, a bunch of tough, hardworking people, the truckers are the first to stand up and say, hey, enough's enough, and we're going to do something about it. So why, if I leave him, if he's not just acting out of pride, if he has a sense of leadership, he understands these are the people he's leading. He, he's not a dictator. Does he wake up in the morning and feel he's a dictator? And any threat, anything that, that takes away his power or makes it look like the people are more powerful than him, the leader, does he look at that and say, oh, my God, I can't let that happen? No. You're a leader. Come on, embrace your people. Acknowledge that, okay, this is where the people want to go. They're fed up with the mandates. I get it. But say it. Talk about it. Come down to the level of the people in this country because that's the highest level you could be at. The most important title that an American can have isn't colonel, general, president, congressman. No, it's citizen. And if you understood that as the commander-in-chief, as the president of this country, maybe life would get a little easier for you because you wouldn't be fighting everybody. You can't fight these wars on all these fronts. We understand you've got a tough time handling Vladimir Putin. I get it. That makes sense. We'd like to see you come out on top. But that's the other side. At the same time, you're fighting Vladimir Putin. I don't want to call him the enemy, but he is. And he certainly can be the enemy if he invades Ukraine. But we're not your enemy. We're your people. We're the citizens who, whether we like it or not, or whether we admit it or not, we're the citizens who elected you president of the United States. We chose you to represent us. So represent us. We've let you know. We're letting you know. You're hearing it. You're seeing it. You're feeling it. It's all over the place. And the mandates. You can't even do that. How in the world are you going to be able to get in there and mix it up with Vladimir Putin? 
How are you going to do it? We want you to do it. Trust me. It's only because he can't swallow his own pride. That's the only thing. And I think people are starting to see it. You can make mistakes and do the wrong thing, but when you do the wrong thing for the right reasons, people can forgive you. People can look at it and say, well, okay, you made a mistake, but, you know, he understands he made a mistake. If you can't swallow your pride and capitulate, find out what else is at the core of this protest and hammer out an agreement that works for everyone. Our truckers are solid, honest, hardworking Americans. They're not criminals. And what you're going to be doing, according to your actions and what you're encouraging your buddy Trudeau to do is criminalize. They would turn these hardworking truckers into criminals, ticketing them, taking away their CDL license and finding them. It sounds like pretty heavy. Talking about real numbers here. Why? You're going to leave them jobless with a misdemeanor at best on their record? You're talking about making them felons. Does that make any sense? You know, you got criminals who are going in and robbing stores and quote-unquote shoplifting. When you shoplift $1,000 at a time, that's beyond shoplifting, okay? Now you're getting on the edge of grand larceny. But you're saying you're going to forgive the criminals that are stealing, but you're going to take truckers that are protesting and make them into criminals? This just doesn't make sense. Come on, think about this. If Joe Biden is out there listening to this, but somebody is who gets to him, okay, please let him know this doesn't make sense. And then, by the way, how many won't be able to drive? After you get done opening up this bridge and that bridge so goods can pass through, how many won't be able to drive? And we have this supply train crisis. It is a crisis, but they won't be able to work because you're taking away their license. You're finding them. You're wrecking their trucks or threatening to. How else are you going to get them out of there? They're not driving them out. I mean, if they drive them out, well, fine. They don't want to drive them out. They want their freedom. They're trying to make a statement. They're being Americans. Unbelievable. So it's the same thing with Putin. Is he willing to bring his country to a war that will cost lives and treasure? And by the way, this was the downfall of the Soviet Union. These are the kinds of issues that Trump handled so well. I keep on saying that, and I know there's a bunch of you out there, Trump haters and Democrats. You're always about Trump. I'm talking about Putin. I'm talking about Trump. I'm talking about Biden. I'm talking about Trudeau. I'm talking about all the people that are playing a role here. And how is Trump playing the role? By example, take a look at what Trump did when he went to North Korea. When Trump took over the country, he met with Obama, and Obama told him, your biggest issue is North Korea. Kim Un-Jung-Kung-Jung-Woo. This is your real big problem. So what did Trump do? He went to North Korea. You know, if Biden, if he had a clue, Biden doesn't know how to use a carrot and stick. He probably can't tell the difference between a carrot and a stick. You, you don't end the truckers' takeover with threats or punishment. You end the mandates and use the moment to create an even better working relationship with the drivers. Give them a win. Give them respect. Motivate them to help end our supply train problem. Give in and be the bigger man. Okay? The same with Russia. No, not as simple. You can't give in to keeping the Ukraine out of NATO 
okay? You, you can't. And much of the other stuff, like the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, you can't give in. Close it down now. Be the man. It's what you do, Biden. What you say, obviously, has no credibility, especially after Afghanistan. It's what you do. But you figure it this way. You're sitting there with a guy that's, you know, huffing and puffing, and he's going to blow your house down, baby. He's going to do But he doesn't really want to do that. Putin would love to avoid the war. Biden just can't find the key to fit that lock. Of course, even if he did have the key, <laughs> he wouldn't use it. Just like he has the key to the truck strike, but he won't use it. These two issues that are here right in front of us right now, you look at the two of them. Like I said, the symmetry, they're just so alike. Yeah, I know. One is only trucks, but they're closing down our country. And the other is weapons and destruction and death of humanity, war, the worst, worst thing. I mean, war is the most destructive, the most horrible thing that humanity experiences. And we experience it all the time. We want to. Nobody's forced to pull a trigger. Nobody's forced to use a sword. Nobody's forced to go to war. You go to war because you want to take over another nation. Can you not talk somebody out of going to war? I believe Trump could talk Putin out of going to war, and he would know how to do it. He would be able to put enough on the table that Putin would be able to go to his people and say, ah, we can't do this. We can't lose this much. We can't do that. You got to be able to put it out there. You got to be able to help a man like Putin justify to the people in his team. It just didn't make sense. We couldn't do it right now. Maybe down the road, or maybe we won't have to. We're going to have a summit in six months. I mean, give him something. Can't you figure this out? Obviously, he can't. Obviously. Everybody talks about Joe Biden being feeble. You know, whether it's Sleepy Joe, I call him Trader Joe. Because I think what he's doing as president of the United States is tantamount to being a, a traitor to this country. That's how damaging it is to the United States of America. You look at it and you can see he is just not capable. You watch him at his press conferences. Watch him when he's making speeches. What, look at him. It's sad. But it, it would be sad if he was just another citizen suffering from dementia, watching his best days go by him, as my friend Donnie DeVito says, the best is in your rear view mirror, Mike. <laughs> you know, that would be sad. But it's infuriating when this is the president of the United States of America. Our nation depends on this man's acuity, on his ability to, to deal with our rivals and our enemies and our friends. And he lies, and everybody covers up for his lies, and and they follow suit. It's like a thread from him to Blinken to the next one. To They're all singing that same tune. As soon as Biden whistles, they're all right there with it. And it, it's so scary to the future of this country that we need to all be up in us. We need to all be as loud as those truckers. It's about time. We look at the truckers and look what they're saying. And say, they're speaking for all of us again. For the cowboys and the factory workers and everybody that's out there, the lumberjacks, we're all being represented, not by Congress right now. You know, what's Congress doing? 
Republicans, Democrats, I don't care. They're looking at this situation. We're on the edge of World War III and the government, the priority is to give mandates. They see the reaction, the pushback from the American people, and they still refuse to recognize that maybe being the leader of the American people means listening to the people and stopping this. But no, because he's tone deaf. He doesn't hear it. He can't negotiate with Putin. And that is something that we shouldn't tolerate. We should demand more. We should demand better. And what we're doing by the truckers, I think this crossover here, there's symmetry. There's something that I look at and see that this government isn't capable of negotiating with its own people on these mandates. And they're so scared. We're closing down this bridge and that bridge. It's all adding to the cost of doing business and the inflation and it's adding to the supply chain problem. Well, if it's that bad, why can't you handle it? You know what you got to do. It's very simple. And the frickin' mandates. The symmetry of the same situation with, with going on with Russia. It'd be very simple for Putin to say, okay, I'm not going to invade. But we haven't given him reason to say that. We haven't done what it takes. But I think that the American public is going to get very loud very quickly. And the leadership of this country, there's got to be somebody that's savvy enough, smart, slick, capable of diplomatic magic, the ability for a Donald Trump to go to North Korea and meet with their dear leader, not just once, but whatever it took. And people say, you're going to go and put the United States, you know, on the line by going and meeting with Kim Jong-un? What? But he did it anyway. And we didn't see any more missiles being fired. We didn't even hear a peep out of North Korea for the rest of Trump's term in office and for the first six months of Biden's term. That's how effective he was. But that's the leadership that it takes. The Democrats keep saying they're the party of science. But the science of the pandemic has been a guessing game. The science of gender choice is a joke. It's really not a joke. It's a transgression at best. The science of energy and global climate change is a wrecking ball to our economy with disastrous results to our lifestyles, our convenience, and potential scientific achievement. Because when it's based on theory and not fact, and even if the theory is right, who believes it when it, it's false? We see the lies all the time. We've seen them blow it with the pandemic from the mask to the no mask to the six feet apart. Everything they say, they change their minds. This guy Fauci, nobody wants to hear from him anymore. As a matter of fact, nobody has heard from him in quite a while since everything keeps on changing and changing. But the disastrous results to our lifestyle when everything is like we have to depend on what science and science is, they're telling us it's like what? 32 genders? How can you handle COVID when you're looking to science and science is claiming there are 32 genders? I mean, all the rest of it. This global warming. Oh, 
close down America, but keep China open, keep Europe open, keep Russia open, keep the pipelines open over there. This is the party of science. I think that we need to be louder as we question our leadership. The leadership of this country is losing more credibility every day. And the most credible thing that's going on in this country right now is going on in Canada, and that's the truckers. So now I want to talk about rolling to remember. <laughs> no, you know what? Before I do, I also want to say that we have these border issues that seem to get worse every day under Biden. It's another reason to rise up. It's another reason to take our cue from these truckers in Canada and say, listen, it's just like what Biden is saying to Putin. If you go into the Ukraine, then we're going to stop Nord Stream 2. It's the same thing. If you don't stop the mandates, we're going to, we're going to drive our trucks from California to Washington, D.C. But don't make it just about the mandates. What about the border? Let's close down the border. Let's talk about these things. We're bringing in fentanyl. We're bringing in drugs. We're bringing in the human trafficking factor here. Does anybody understand that human trafficking is just two words that say slavery? That's what it is. And it's going on right on the street corners all over this country. These people are coming here bringing sex slaves, work slaves. They're bringing them over. They're indentured servants at best when all they have to do is pay off their 10000 or 50000 whatever debt they have, and then they'll be free yeah, 20 years down the road. Has the government talked to us about the gravity? No. The USCIS, uh, United States Customs Service, they just put out a new mission statement. Now, the mission statement that we had before by Trump acknowledged that these border agents and these issues were an agency to protect the interests of Americans while treating immigrants fairly. But the new mission statement, I don't have it in front of me. I read it, and when I read it, I did a double take. But they take the mission statement of the USCIS. That's the agency that handles the new immigrants, okay? I swear to God, they took it from the Emma Lazarus poem that's on the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. She wrote that poem called The New Colossus in, I think it was 1883, because they were trying to raise money. Emma Lazarus was a rich kid, a trust fund baby. <laughs> yeah, back in those days, they had them too. That's right. And she had all these trust fund friends, and they would have these events and these things, these purposes in life. They didn't have to go out and work for a living, so they found other things to do. Usually, you know, they were trying to do good things. So they were raising money to build the base, and it was Bedloe's Island. Today, it's Liberty Island, same place. And so Emma Lazarus was raising money in 1883 to install this base. And, and she died, and years later, her friends found this poem that she wrote about the new Colossus. The Greeks had this big Colossus monster. 
the new one was the Statue of Liberty, this emblem of freedom. I mean, it was really a good, nice statement. It, it really said a lot about the country, about that statue, welcoming all these immigrants coming most from Europe. As part of it, send me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Yeah, in 1883. And in 1903, her friends, after she passed away, raised the money to have that installed on a plaque at the base of the statue. And that was years after her death. So it was more of a tribute to Emma Lazarus, really, or just as much, that they wanted to have her words embedded in the statue. And those are good words. But to make that the mission statement in 2022 of the immigration agencies of the United States of America? No, you follow the Constitution. You follow the law of the country. The immigration agencies are here to safeguard the American people, safeguard the United States of America. Yes, send me those who are, you know, in trouble. But don't take anybody looking for a job and an economic opportunity. And that's what the new mission statement says. It's wrong. It's dangerous to America. But this is the way this administration has been handling its job and its leadership role for the United States of America since the beginning. This is their mindset. This is who they are. They want to open our borders and bring in every refugee from every place in the world that wants to come in. They want to bring them in. What are they thinking? In 1883, we were building, we needed people. The pilgrims, they were dying. People were just dying, going across the country, settling the country. We needed people. We were building a nation. So maybe Emma Lazarus' words had some more credibility, if you will, then. In today's world, you've got to get the merit-based people that are trying to come into this country that have something to offer to America and refugees. We had the wet foot, dry foot policy for the Cubans. They could get one foot in the United States on land. So we'd give them safe harbor, whatever that means, the definition of it. They're here. Okay. You know the Biden administration did away with that? What's that all about? What's with these people? We can't even figure out what their policies are. Well, I, I wanted to get something in before the Super Bowl. Oh, by the way, the other thing is, have you been watching The Peacemaker? Yeah, The Peacemaker. Great program that my friend Robert Patrick is in. Plays a great role of the father of Chris Smith. John Cena plays Chris Smith. He's the peacemaker. I mean, his, this thing is off the wall. These guys are Totally out there, not so crazy, just doing not so crazy things. But Robert played Chris Smith's father, Augie Smith. And it was so cool and so interesting. I'm not going to tell you what's going on. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. But it, it's really cool. And I'm thinking, I don't like what's going on with the Peacemaker right now. So hopefully that's going to change for the better. They got one more episode to go. James Gunn, who's the writer, the director, 
and uh, who Robert thinks real highly of. He's got quite an imagination. It's, again, a little off the wall. But Robert brings reality to it, playing the peacemaker's dad. You've seen these things. Robert is bringing a really racist, nasty... I mean, everything about the role he's playing is like, just, it's a guy you want to hate. But the way Robert plays it, you wonder... Wait a minute, I don't want to hate you. I want to know why you are the way you are. I keep on thinking you're not that bad a person, but then you are that bad a person. And you keep on proving it over and over. It's like you're saying, well, I know you think I'm not that bad, but hey, watch this. I'm worse than you even think, and I'm going to prove it to you. And it's great. Anyway, I don't want to go any further because I was disturbed by what I saw in last night's episode, or Thursday's episode. It's every Thursday. So next Thursday, if you haven't watched it, Catch up. Watch all. There's only seven episodes out there. They're worth it. And then, yeah, it's coming up next week. That's the end of The Peacemaker for this season. And that's the way it is. I get one more thing. I'm big elephant in the room is the Super Bowl. I wanted to do this before the Super Bowl because once the Super Bowl comes on, everything's going to be about the Super Bowl. And I'm sure I'm going to have something to say about the Super Bowl. But I feel when I'm talking about priorities, when we're on the edge of where we are in this world, there are things that are more important. So, yep, Super Bowl is important. You got to have these distractions. You got to have, you know, these things in our lives because life goes on. But I also want to emphasize how important all these other things are and how important we support the truckers, how important that we see, we acknowledge the people who are representing us today are not the people who are sitting in Congress. It's the people who are driving those trucks that are delivering the goods. We have a uh, supply chain issue. Why? Because there's mandates and there's rules and there's regulations and there's all kinds of things that are holding these guys up. I think after this is over, it may take a little while to calm down. But the country's going to appreciate these people as we disappreciate Congress and their approval ratings go down. I think the approval ratings of the American worker led by the truckers are going to keep going up. So I also want to talk about the fact that I don't ever talk about my birthday. I just don't. I never have. But, you know, I got to tell you, last year, Petrina made me a surprise birthday party. It was great. I mean, she had it catered. She had people come here and cooking. She had a bunch of friends come over. Some of them brought me some great gifts, by the way, different brands of cigars. It was fun. It was cool. And I think if I knew about it, I would have balked and complained, but I had no idea. It was really cool. So this year, we took a trip. We went to Las Vegas. We had a great time. And we had a meal at Wolfgang Puck's restaurant, Cut, and it was phenomenal. Petrina got this incredible bottle of wine. It was just fantastic. It was just really nice. And then we got home, and lo and behold, there's a present waiting for me. And it's Donald Trump's book. Our journey together. Our journey together. And it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. 
I knew his dad in New York. I, I mean, I got stories to tell. I miss his president. This country misses his presidency. I, I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, Trump haters. And I don't want to hear about it. I'm watching what you did, okay? You stuck your guy in there. You got it done. I'm watching Pelosi. I'm watching Schumer. I'm watching all these guys. Not only am I not impressed, we're distressed. We should be distressed. I read this book. And by the way, it's kind of interesting. It's a big, it's thick, it's bigger than any coffee table book. But the picture after picture with captions and written things by the president. And it was our journey with him for those four years. It was a beautiful thing. It just, you know, totally reminded you of how great things were when he was a president, how the world respected us. Well, getting back to the birthday part, it was a great birthday gift. Also, got another birthday gift from my son, who sent me a cool hat. <laughs> a really cool hat. It's a Shelby hat. So it's got that Shelby emblem, and it's got a red, white, and blue brim, and it's really cool. So it's been a great birthday. Really got to acknowledge it. Time moves on, and that's... The story more than glory. Okay, I'm New York Mike. You're listening to Roll Right Radio, and I appreciate that. And if you subscribe, I appreciate that even more. And have a great Super Bowl. Talk to you guys next week. I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.